Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love. Love at first listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM 640. You're listening to the John Cobell podcast on the iHeartRadio app. We have uh, a military strike, as you may have heard if you've been listening for the last uh, half hour or so. Uh, we are now uh, striking sites in Syria uh, against uh, Iranian militants or Iranian backed militants, as they say. Uh, this is in retaliation for. Uh, a drone strike on an American base in Jordan last Sunday. Three U.S. service members were killed. Those three were uh, arrived in the United States, their bodies, just a short while ago. Uh, they had what's known as a dignified transfer ceremony, a very solemn ceremony as the bodies are returned to the United States. And President Biden attended there. He was watching as uh, the uh, the dead service uh, I think one man, two women were uh, carried back. Um, dozens of other uh, troops were wounded. It was 40-plus. Uh, uh, this happened in Jordan near the border with Iraq and Syria. Now, Iran, ha uh, Iran has been uh, hitting United States targets over 100 times in, in the last months, ever since the Hamas war broke out. And we haven't done much uh, 
to in well we stopped most of the missile strikes with our defense systems but we haven't struck back until today uh there is not much information most of the news sources they have a two-line story that u.s officials say that we have become begun military strikes uh in syria hey john I, yes so ABC is now running a correction saying that the airstrikes may not have come from the U.S. So here is some new information that's just coming in. Have no idea if, if this is correct or not, but that's what ABC News is saying. Well, that's weird because most of the networks in their two-line story attributed it to a U.S. official. So anything's possible. Anything is possible. But what is interesting about this is CNN is not running the story at all. I noticed that. Right? And yeah. so Fox News has an ABC7, right? The ABC News has as well. But now ABC is sort of walking it back saying that it may not it wasn't the it wasn't it wasn't the US airstrike. Right. So they've got well Iran has uh seven different militia groups scattered around the Middle East. Most of them designed to shoot things at Israel. And they've been shooting at uh, our ships in the Red Sea and a lot of cargo ships in the Red Sea. So there, there's a lot of intramural warfare that, that goes on. Uh, you know, um, most of the countries in that region have military operations and they're, they're firing at each other, if, if not at Israel. Uh, and so in, in the first few minutes when something happens, it's hard to tell exactly who did what. Um, there's a story from NBC News that had uh, come out this morning that U.S. forces have multiple targets to pick from as they prepare a response to the three deaths in the drone attack in Jordan. Uh, but Washington has been talking about this for days. And according to NBC, the militant groups have had plenty of time to ready themselves. While everyone is expecting the uh, U.S. to strike, uh, and in fact, there's been 160 attacks against the United States, 160. And uh, we have done very little in response other than set up, uh, fire off the uh, defense systems to intercept the missiles. Um, well, this is what the correction now says. An initial battery of strikes in Syria did not come from the U.S. Sources say U.S. strikes are still anticipated. Yeah, it says Iraq and Syria are home to hundreds of Iran-linked military sites. So they they have plenty of plenty of targets, and they, they've been taking days, obviously, to analyze and uh, set up what they think is the uh, proper strategy to attack. Uh, why various networks had this report from the U.S. official and who that person was, we don't know. But because uh, everybody's on edge wondering if this is the beginning of uh, World War III. Um, because uh, Iran uh, funds everything there. Iran funds Hamas out of Gaza, Hezbollah, which is based in Lebanon, to the north of Israel. Then, you know, the Houthis, you may have heard, have been firing missiles at all the uh, cargo ships uh, in, in the uh, Red Sea. And it, it goes on and on and on. And... Uh, we, we, of course, had a very laissez-faire attitude for the last few years against Iran. If you remember, Trump had, had a crackdown. $6 billion worth of assets, Iranian assets, were frozen. 
they had heavy sanctions against them, including the sale of oil. And uh, we lifted the, the uh, economic sanctions on them and we gave them back their $6 billion. And we were trying to negotiate with them so that they could continue their nuclear projects, which seems like a really bad idea because the Iranian government is, they're, they're the enemy. And I didn't understand this constant appeasement, the constant, oh, what do you need? You need money? We'll give you money. Um, you want to sell your oil and goods? Well, we'll let you do that, too. Want to work on nuclear? Sure, go right ahead. What the hell are you doing? I, and they keep an arm's length with their attacks on Israel, but they're 100% funding all these, all these militant groups, and they've had for decades. So I don't, I don't understand the, the Biden philosophy at all. Make, makes zero sense today. I've never heard a good explanation other than, well, let's be nice to them and maybe they, they won't kill everybody, which is, you know, really, really silly. I, I, my limited knowledge of world history is appeasing evil regimes never works. If you act weak, they get strong. If you act strong, they back off. I, I think we all learned that in fifth grade, fourth grade. You got bully nations. I mean, obviously, if we wanted to wipe out Iran, we could. And you think they'd know it. But the way they've been, you know, shooting missiles here, shooting missiles there. I mean, 160 in the last four months. I mean, maybe that adds up to, you know, one or two a day. Uh, and these were the first real casualties. But it's, it's, it, it's ridiculous to appease them any longer. And we do, they deserve a good smacking. Uh, so I've hoped they've got uh, something ready. Maybe this wasn't the uh, the the attack, but the attack should be coming very soon. All right, we'll uh, continue. If we get any more information, we'll pass it along. Uh, we have a huge rainstorm coming to L.A. Talk about that. You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM 640. Uh, ABC News and Fox News was running with the story that we had started retaliatory strikes against Iran. And now CNN is reporting that as well. And so is the New York Times. And their story is five minutes old. Yes. So as it was being reported that Fox and ABC were withdrawing the story, New York Times posted the story. And uh, it's a short one. U.S. conducts retaliatory strikes in Iraq and Syria against Iranian proxies. And uh, this is according to U.S. Defense Department official. But you know what? The Associated Press, which is kind of our guideline, have heard nothing from. So no. they're holding out. They have not. There's been no word of any strikes in Syria from the AP. Seems to be a split decision. Yes. <laughs> Fox and ABC were in. Now they're out. New York Times is in. Uh, and now and, Fox, if you look at if, right now, Fox News, who just, right, they just backtracked what they yeah. said. Now, it says now, retaliatory U.S. airstrikes against Iranian targets in Syria and Iraq. So, so, they, so they're back in. I, if you look <laughs> at the TV screen, that's what it yeah. looks at, looks like. Yeah, hold on. I, uh, I got the wrong channel on here. I have CNN somebody, and Fox News. Somebody put on HGTV here in the studio. You need Fox and CNN in there. Yeah, I know. I got CNN. I normally have Fox, too, but uh, somehow I got HGTV. Well, yes. What you saw is what I'm seeing as well. So uh, let's see. We got Fox, CNN. It's like a vote, right? It's, a, uh, it's up for a media vote. And New York Times all reporting it. Something must have happened. This 
didn't come from nowhere. Well, something did happen. Explosions yeah. have been heard in Syria. So the big question is, well, is this the U.S., right? right? Are these airstrikes from the U.S. or not? Right. And that's why two of the networks had briefly retracted the story because there was uncertainty as to who fired the missiles. Uh, so I, well, well, you know, we'll, we'll find out as, uh, as time goes by here. I mean, everybody was waiting on this to happen ever since last Sunday. You, uh, the drone hit, uh, in Jordan and killed three of our service members whose bodies were taken back to the United States today. And they had a special, uh, what they call a dignified transfer ceremony. Uh, it's a very, very moving ceremony, very quiet ceremony, absolute silence. And, uh, president Biden was, uh, was watching. He was there. And uh, they have been working on plans all week because there are hundreds of potential sites for the U.S. to strike all over the uh, Middle East. The uh, Iran has at least seven militias. They act as a proxy. They're fully funded and fully armed by Iran. And they're the uh, proxies that create mayhem, uh, largely against Israel, sometimes against the United States and against uh, uh, they they dropped the missiles in the shipping lanes. What's uh, what, what's interesting is that uh, the uh, the strikes that killed those three service people. Um, it, it, the only reason we didn't block those because we blocked almost every strike is that uh, at the Jordanian base they thought the incoming drone was an American drone returning to the base. And there was some confusion. We thought it was our drone. It turned out to be one of the Iranian drones. And that's why they were able to fire uh, missiles and wound 40-plus soldiers in addition to the three that were killed. Okay, John, we just have heard now from the Associated Press. Now, the Associated Press, who we've not heard from at all, hmm. says that the U.S. military launched an air assault on dozens of sites in Iraq and Syria, used by Iranian-backed militias. Okay. So here we go. So I guess everyone's in agreement now. Now, if uh, if Iran if Iran itself starts uh, firing back, uh, or if uh, anyone uh, aligned with Iran starts firing back, then this could escalate very quickly. Or are they just going to take their uh, their medicine for having killed our three service people and then uh, quietly slink away? That that'll be the next step to see what happens. Um, I was uh, I was reading that uh, I think CNN had this story that the Houthis um, they fired a missile at a U.S. warship and nearly hit the ship. It happened in the Red Sea, and we were down to our last resort defense system. Uh, the it, we're, there probably were four. It was four seconds until the missile was going to hit the ship, and we had one maneuver left, and it's called the flanks close-in weapon system. Uh, it was deployed by a navy destroyer uh, against a cruise missile that was a mile away, and it was going six hundred miles an hour, and uh, so obviously it was just a blip. And the flank system was able to fire a two to three second burst of gunfire and disable the missile. Of course, the missile probably burst into hundreds of pieces, uh, which is also dangerous. Uh, and uh, 
you know, the, some, some of the debris could have reached the ship. Uh, but uh, I guess there was no real real damage to it. But this uh, this has been going on now for months, and it's the first time that uh, that the Iranian militias were able to cause real casualties for us because of the confusion. We didn't know whether it was our our a drone or uh, an Iranian drone, but they they came very close uh, within within the last week. Um, So if you're just joining us, the uh, U.S. has begun an airstrike campaign in uh, Syria and Iraq to fire back at Iranian targets after they killed our three service people. Now, on to the weather here. Uh, we're supposed to get at least six inches of rain. I have been uh, going on uh, various weather websites, and it looks like it looks like Sunday alone could be four to six inches of rain, plus more on Monday. And it's going to start Saturday night. And when and it depends where you are. Let's just say the, uh, the uh, Los Angeles uh, Basin, you know, from the west side and uh, downtown, that region. Uh, we're going to get whacked really hard. Some areas could see 10 inches of rain, and you get several feet of snow up in the mountains. So this is going to be... Uh, one of the biggest storms we've had in recent years, if everything uh, comes to pass the way they say it would. I saw a uh, satellite photo of the storm, and it was centered out in the ocean, uh, northern uh, Pacific Ocean, and it had a tail. It's like a swoop. It actually almost looked like a hurricane. It was, had that circular shape with a long swoop of thick clouds and precipitation all the way from Canada, all the way south to Mexico, almost almost the whole uh, length of uh, North America. Uh, so uh, th this is this is going to be uh, big. It's going to be windy. There's going to be flooding. There's going to be very high tides. Uh, so Sunday is going to be wild, and so will Monday. All right, we'll uh, continue with more stuff. Uh, it's not an arc storm, though, which is what I wanted to get to next. There was this whole flurry of really absurd news coverage. Every time I turned on the TV, I saw this arc storm story. And it was the idea that we were getting a, a one-in-a-thousand-year storm. Uh, and, and, and all the professional meteorologists were trying to beat back this story all week because it was nonsense. This is not a thousand-year storm. It, one woman posted online. One woman posted online. No, she's not a meteorologist. She's got no connections to the meteorology world. But she just posted it. And because people are so anxious to read disaster news, it spread like crazy. Millions of people. And then the news media jumped on it. And it's total nonsense. I'll tell you the story. It's actually a fascinating story about what how stupid life is with uh, social media. You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM 640. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time... 
with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. We are going to talk now with uh, two women, Lucy Chi and Audrey Nafziger. And uh, they uh, both were victims of George Tyndall, the gynecologist at USC. You remember his case? It went on for years. Hundreds of female patients sexually abused. Uh, 200 originally stepped forward to report his abuse. Finally, he was arrested and charged with 29 felonies in June of 2019. But years went by and there was no actual court case. And now he died. And some of the survivors of his abuse, uh, even though they have settled civilly, uh, both women are represented by uh, Manley Stewart and Fidaldi. Um, and they were part of that $850 million settlement. But they're angry that the that Tyndall story isn't going to be made public in detail through the court system. And we're going to talk now with Lucy Chi and Audrey Nafziger uh, about how they feel now that they're uh, because now they've officially uh, dismissed the case because Tyndall is dead. Uh, let's get Lucy and Audrey on. Uh, welcome to the John Cobelt Show. How are you? Hi, thanks for having us. Hi. Uh, Hi. It's great to be here. Okay, which one's which? Who's Lucy? <laughs> I'm Lucy. Okay, all right, so I can tell uh, the difference. Well, Lucy, you can start <laughs> off. Um, <laughs> it's me. Uh, when when did you suffer uh, at the hands of uh, George Tyndall? We don't have to go through the whole detail. Yeah. I think everyone knows the story, but just give us a time frame as, as to how long you've been sure, living with was, this. Uh, yeah, it was fall of 2012, so it's been almost 12 years. And you were a student at USC at the time? I was. I was a grad student there. And, and Audrey, when, when, uh, when did you suffer uh, at the hands of Tyndall? What year? And 
What was your? I saw him in 1990. So I'm one of the earlier survivors. I was in the law school, my first year of law school. 1990. Isn't yes. it stunning? 19- 22 years apart, and the two of you had to suffer from Tyndall's abuse. Well, you, USC could have put a stop to that, and they chose not to. Yeah, obviously. And then finally, he gets charged in June of 2019. And uh, never really had a trial, did we? No, a lot of delays. Lucy was in the did a prelim. She was one of the victims because she was within the statute of limitations. But this case should not have taken five years criminally. It should have been done in two years, three max. What did Tyndall have going for him that he was able to get away with this for so long and then even ultimately evade a, a conviction? What, what? Well, um, he, he had the power of USC behind him. That's what he had. Yep, that's what he had. That's exactly right. And had the two so, of you... Um, USC, hey, go ahead. USC has um, strong ties to um, to the DA's office um, in, in uh, the city of L.A. Um, so, so we're wondering if there, that has something to do with that. So this was during the Jackie Lacey era. We can't even blame this one on Gascon. This goes back to Jackie Lacey's behavior. <laughs> well, yeah, ja- they, Jackie Lacey slow walks the case. And I think uh, you guys exposed that on your show uh, way back when. And yeah. it was shortly after you exposed it that she filed the charges the very next week after saying she wasn't going to file the charges for even longer. And you think she was just protecting her, her alma mater there and all her uh, friends and connections? Absolutely. I, th- I think there's a, an inclination to protect USC. I mean, she's an SD law alum just like I am. I'm sure they're aligning her pockets with election money. Um, this case wasn't handled like you would normally handle a case. Why is that? I mean, the only variable that's different is that it's USC. Uh, Audrey, uh, now, according to your, uh, the information I have, you're a senior deputy district attorney or here in L.A. County? I work in Ventura County. I've Ventura been doing County. my job for 29 years. Yeah. Okay, so you've been on the on the inside for a long time here. Um, yeah. What, what? How quickly should this normally have been taken care of if there hadn't been, let's say, a conflict of interest? The prelim should have been done within six months and then a trial within a year after that. I mean, I know COVID happened and that caused problems. But this case was absolutely slow walked. Uh, Lucy, did you ever talk to any uh, administrators or officials at USC and ask them, why has this gone on? Because by the time you had your encounter with Tyndall, it obviously had already been going on for more than 20 years. Did you, did you ever confront anyone? Did anyone ever <laughs> run away from you or try to explain what's happened all this time? What's actually strange is that the opposite happened to me. When when I saw Tyndall, I was terrified, and I ran out of that clinic as fast as I could. But the staff at the clinic followed me out and asked me if I was okay, and specifically asked multiple times if I wanted to report what happened. And I was so scared and so shocked that I didn't do anything. But um, this that, is after the staff after he knew exactly what was going on. This is yeah. after he assaulted you immediately. Yes, immediately after he assaulted me, I ran out of, of his um, of the exam room and out of the clinic. And there were staff there that saw what happened. 
and they heard what he was doing to me. And so they chased me out of the clinic to make sure I was okay and to ask me many times if I wanted to file a report. Um, they knew, and it was a coordinated effort by the staff. Um, there, were, there were at least five or six people as I was running out, and it was a very short corridor. They all approached me. So um, He was well-known. Yeah, he was, he was definitely well-known, and the staff were definitely told what they could and couldn't do. And they, I think they were trying to protect me as best as they could within their, within their own limits. That's astonishing that they were yeah. so aware and immediately tried to help you out. But nobody in the administration yeah. at USC would do anything about it. That's yes, really yes, strange. Exactly. Uh, Lucy, well, the only thing the administration, the administration paid him $200,000 and signed a mutual non-disclosure agreement. So that's what they did when they when they got rid of him finally. Yeah. Audrey, did you have any any experience like that back in 1990? Uh, well, let me just say this: he took a lot of pictures of me. He hurt me physically. I'd never seen a gynecologist before. He knew he took a, he took advantage of my naivete. Um, a lot of horrible things happened during that exam and. I think he'd only been on the job for six months to a year. So, no, nobody was trying to protect me. I, I, it was just breathtaking, the things he did. I was so scared. I, so just, scared. I just never understood. It's not like you can't hire another gynecologist. I don't understand how they could right? knowingly keep a guy, and he's blatantly doing it. I mean, women are running out, uh, 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 screaming. And, and this went on for, what, like 30 years? I, I just don't. Years, yeah. But why not fire him and 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 get another gynecologist? The good question. Yeah. I wish that I wish they had. It would have been so much better for all the women after me. Yeah. It, it makes you wonder. Um, makes you wonder what he had on them. Well, that's what I was saying. What did he have yeah. on them? And and a lot of people well, because he went through a couple of generations of administrators. He did. He did. He took his secrets to the grave. Yeah, and that's the worst thing about not having a trial. We were really looking forward to having our day in court and letting the public know what was really going on there. Uh, did did anything come out during the discovery process leading uh, to the civil settlement, which explained any of it? You know, the USC cover-up oh, part? There was part uh, yeah, there was, there was definitely, I mean, there was a lot of evidence that came out, and that's what brought them to heal. That's why they settled. And you have to keep in mind, no, no other university with a naughty doctor has made survivors go through depositions. The Nasser case, they didn't do that. UCLA didn't do it. Only USC did things to basically punish us for speaking out. Wow, that's really sick. <laughs> that's that's shockingly sick. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. Lucy Chi and Audrey Nafziger with your stories about... Uh, of being victims of George Tyndall and uh, really never getting justice because he dies and there's no criminal trial. And uh, you did get a, you get a financial settlement from USA, but it took a lot of work even to get that. Thanks for coming on and sharing the story. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah. All right. You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM 640. Our old friend Tom McClintock, a congressman from Northern California, is coming on after 2 o'clock. He proposed 
a bill which actually passed the House, uh, the No Immigration Benefits for Hamas Terrorists Act. It means the Hamas terrorists that were involved in the October 7th attack on Israel could never come into the country. They are banned forever. And if somehow somebody sneaks in, they never get any money from all our myriad of uh, immigration, generous immigration benefit programs or welfare benefit programs. He proposed this bill and it won. It, it passed 422 to 2. 422 to 2. We'll tell you who the two objectors were and see if Tom knows anything about uh, the airstrikes that... Uh, the U.S. is raining down uh, on uh, the Iranian uh, militias. Uh, that uh, story just broke uh, a little over an hour ago. All right. You know, I, I know I gave you a choice, right? Yeah, um, you did. All right, but I, I'm, I'm recommending the, uh, let, me, let me amend one of the stories. How about the story about the sex-crazed monkeys? Oh, I like that one. You do? Yeah. Okay. Thousands of monkeys have taken over a city in central Thailand, the town of Lopburi. Thousands of them. And I have photographic evidence here. You have evidence of monkeys having sex? No, they're in, they're just they're just invading in this photo. Oh, okay. But here's the story. Um, they they uh, they've always been around, and they used to live with the residents in harmony. These are macaques, I think, is how you pronounce them. And uh, the tourists would buy bananas and, and feed the macaques and pose with them. But then the lockdowns happened and the tourists disappeared and these monkeys were starving for food. Aww. And it, it made them, I guess, just permanently crazy. And now they run in large gangs and they've taken over several sections of the city. The police have, have declared some neighborhoods no-go zones because the monkeys are so aggressive. Uh, they, they have now broken up into gangs. And they have, uh, the gangs are at war. Mm. Now, the uh, locals started feeding them junk food to keep them happy and keep them away. Uh-huh. Well, you know what happens? What? If you give the monkeys sweets and they were feeding them, you know, sweet snacks, fizzy drinks, cereals, it makes the monkeys hyper and more sexually active. They're horny. Yes. So now you have thousands of really horny monkeys running around. The ones who aren't engaging in war against the other gangs are engaging in... Uh, <laughs> sex. <laughs> crazed sex, yeah. Sugary foods increase the productivity of the monkeys and stimulate the monkeys to reproduce more. Is this true with women? Uh, Is this what we... <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. You'll have to pull them. <laughs> You don't eat too many sweets, do you? I do not. Oh, okay, all right. Well, actually, I do. Uh -huh. But I'm not commenting on that. <laughs> <laughs> I take the fifth. Uh, female monkeys can reproduce twice a year. Can you imagine that? Uh, but if they're given sugar, they have an abundance of energy. So I don't know if that speeds up the process or they could just go right back into it as soon as they give birth. They're ready to go again. Um. And and so, you know, we were in Africa once and some monkeys and I don't know what what breed it was, but they broke into our uh, hotel room. Seriously, my wife and I had one hotel room and my sons had one next door 
And I walked into their room and I caught a couple of monkeys had come through. They'd left the sliding door open on the balcony. Yeah. And they were in there and they were about to run off with my wife's purse. Oh, no. Did you say bad monkey, bad monkey? <laughs> I said, stop. And did they <laughs> listen? I, well, yes, they didn't steal the purse, and it was close. I mean, he had his hand on the strap, but uh, they stole a, a, a bag of Chips Ahoy cookies. Ah, uh, oh, well. We saw them clamber off the balcony into the trees behind us, and one guy was sitting in the tree, and, you know, the Chips Ahoy is that bright blue bag? Yes. Well, he tore it open, and he was flinging the cookies to all his friends like Frisbees. So he's tossing them here and there, and they're sticking out their, their paws and grabbing them and... And it was this huge uh, cookie party that they had. <laughs> that is funny. so there, but they didn't see. I now, I don't know if they got sexually active out of that. I, that could have started an orgy. So it's your fault then. <laughs> might have might have had uh, inadvertently a monkey orgy from this. Uh, the monkeys are hungrier, more aggressive than before, and and a lot of the businesses have had to shut down and and move and. Uh, investors have stopped investing in that in these stretches. Shoppers have vanished entirely because there's three thirty five hundred of these. So what do we need to feed the monkeys to get them uh, uh, to get them to go away? To get them not so horny and not so crazy. Well, now you can't feed them sugar. Right. They they tried that 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 experiment so went bad. Maybe you need to give them some broccoli. Yeah. That may calm them down a that, little bit. That'll depress the sex drive real fast. Or no. maybe they need some edibles to go to sleep. <laughs> I don't think anybody has ever had broccoli to get to get in the mood. <laughs> no, I'm saying to counteract that because hey, we don't want hey, them honey, in the mood. Here's a plate of broccoli. No, I'm saying the <laughs> I'm, opposite. I mean, does that work on you? <laughs> no. <laughs> you eat so much broccoli, I thought, well. Well, maybe it does. Maybe it does. Or avocados, you never know. Right. Broccoli and avocados together. Woo! Well, yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, we're going to talk to Tom McClintock next. Uh, he had a bill passed 422 to 2, uh, and it said uh, if if Hamas terrorists enter the country, well, they can't. They're not allowed to enter, and if they somehow sneak in, they get no money from the U.S. government. Not a controversial idea, except he did get two no votes. We'll talk to him about uh, about this whole bill and maybe what's going on. Hey, you've been listening to the John Cobalt Show podcast. You can always hear the show live on KFI AM 640 from 1 to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.